everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to episode 14. On my knee. We're here to party. Something's on my knee. It's a dog. No, your dog is licking something on my knee. No, he's just a weirdo like that. What is that? I don't know. What's is that a booger? No, it looks like a leaf. There you go, buddy. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> welcome back to the Matt on Matt podcast. Now officially brought to you by our new sponsor, Nike. <laughs> uh, did you get the check from them yet? No, I haven't, but oh. they promised it. Oh, did they? Yeah. They said they're going to pay us in um, uh, Madagascar wages. Oh, good. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't think it bodes well for us. <laughs> Either or way. Madagascar. Hey, anybody that's willing to give me any amount of money... For cool this? For this? Yeah. We're on Patreon. Actually, we're not yet. <laughs> we're not yet. We should start a Patreon. We should start a Patreon. We should Patreon. start begging for money. Yeah, why not? I don't give a shit. Fuck it. I'm, I mean, I'm not above begging for money. No, I was not in, at all. I was in sales for years. Excuse me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I have a podcast. <laughs> I am down on my luck. And if you subscribe for $5... I will write you a poem. I'm gay. I have AIDS. I'm new in town. <laughs> that's, that's, that's John Mulaney. No. <laughs> I had a John Mulaney moment on my way over here. Holy shit. The youths. The, the youths. The youths were out to the play. shit out of me. I, got, I was on the J train and we pull into Marcy Station and these just like rambunctious 10-year-olds in do-rags come... <laughs> I'm like piling on, just screaming at each other. And there's this dude with a hook handle mustache, like he's a like he's a bartender in the 1820s. So a bartender in Brooklyn? Yeah, but he yeah, and he was in Brooklyn. Uh, hey, we were in Brooklyn, and uh, the kid looks at the guy and immediately just goes. Fuck your mustache! <laughs> <laughs> this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. But the, then, look, the look on that guy's face was just so like, do I laugh? Like, <laughs> I feel like if I laugh, they're just gonna keep making fun of me. I want them to stop making fun of me, and then I was scared out of my mind that they were gonna make their way over to me and immediately start roasting me. That's when the insecurity sets in. Yeah, right. You because got a because group of ten-year-olds who are I'm terrified, who are clearly mean. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they're mean kids, so it's like they're definitely coming after me. I was a target for mean kids when I was ten, and it's okay. It's okay. Bruce can make noise. He lives here too. It's his house. It's his house. More than it's mine. That's not true, nah, but I don't, but it's yeah. <laughs> a fucking dog. But. Hey, you know what? He can he can sit on the windowsill. I'm <laughs> he, too he fat can. for that windowsill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you, yeah, you are. We are. We both are. Oh. I wouldn't really ever well, want to sit there. Now I feel bad about myself. I, I wouldn't. I would feel scared to sit there. No, it's actually really dope. I can fit I, uh, like one cheek on there and just like look out and like you like. Oh man. The only thing that's separating me from death is like yeah. a little bit of glass. That's why I don't. It's, you get like, an adrenaline rush, man. I don't like the older I get. I don't think I'm afraid of heights, but I just respect heights. <laughs> like you, I, I get it. It's like oh, I, sh- I should move away from the edge. I feel that way about the sea. Yeah, same. I'm, same. I'm not afraid go, of the water. No. I love being on the water. No, yeah. But I have an, an avid respect for right. the water. I don't go out deeper than like chest, chest. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't go I don't go out where I can't touch the bottom. Because not because I can't swim, but just because if I can't touch the bottom, I've just seen too many helicopter flyovers where there are sharks. <laughs> yeah. Just you chilling. Can see shit. Like, yeah. Or whales even, dolphins. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I was in the water when I was a little kid, a pot of dolphins swam by, and my parents were like, Well, let's go look at him. And I was like, no! <laughs> I had just seen Flipper and they killed a shark. Oh, God. We were just in, well, not just, but like about this time last year, actually, we were in California and we went to Malibu. Uh-huh. We went to Point Doom Beach, which turns out is a hyperactive filming location. And it's yeah, actually, sure. it's the beach where they filmed Jackie Treehorn's party. Who's Jackie Treehorn? And Big Lebowski. Oh, cool. Remember the, like, chick getting thrown up with the fucking thing? That was at Point Doom. Like, we were right there. (laughs) And they filmed a ton of... Doom. Yeah, and there's, like, a cliff and the beach, and it's awesome. Okay. Uh, But we were swimming out, me and Austin Newman. Hey, Austin Newman, good friend, good guy. Uh, We're swimming out, and we look, and, like, 10 feet away from us 
is a fucking sea lion. Absolutely not. You was like, we're too far out. Too <laughs> far away. Yeah. Sea lions fuck you up. Too. Yeah, that's why they're a lion. They're they're lions, you're right. Yeah. They're, <laughs> they're lions. lions of the sea. They're the lions of the sea. Are they lions or we are they We don't call seas? them the, the king of the ocean, though. No, we don't. That's the great white shark. I don't know. I that don't I, know. I would call Maybe it's blue the whale. whale. Blue whale. Blue whale's pretty kingly. Blue whale's a bad mofuck. Those, have you, have you, you've been to the natural... Oh, museum, yeah, and dude. you've seen that model. Yeah. It's like... Whoa. It's overwhelming. Yeah. It's that it's something that It's crazy to big. me that something that big is on this planet at the same time as me. And it's not just some thing. There's not just one of them. Yeah. There's... Millions of them. And they, not only are they here, but they can go all the way down. Yeah. Like, they can go, like, all the way down, like, the Marianas Trench. It's insane. Like, what are they doing down there? Uh, you, know, you don't want to know. <laughs> Cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Blue whales, just so you know, this is breaking news. Blue whales are cokeheads, <laughs> and they hide it all in the Marianas Trench. <laughs> They're like, do you, like, do you like black caviar? <laughs> <laughs> you boys want to come downstairs? Come downstairs, I'll get a massage. <laughs> oh, God. We just turned blue whales into New York <laughs> drug dealers. <laughs> fucking Harvey Weinstein. Oh, God. Just, uh, just watch me take a shower. <laughs> Don't jeopardize our friendship over this. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a direct quote. Gee, he said that? He said that. It's on a recording. I'm sure he did. He, oh I'm sure he said much worse things. Oh, yeah, but that was just... I can't the, wait to see what happens to him, because I don't think anything's going to happen I don't think him. anything's going to happen to him. I, I feel think like he's just going to slowly just fade into the... I feel like he's going to take some sort of plea deal Yeah. where he serves no time pays some enormous fine to the state, yeah. not to charity. And, and ends then up he, living and then he, on a ranch in Montana. Yeah, and then he'll just, like... I don't think he's ever going to be making movies anymore. Oh, no, like, no, 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 but no. But, like... Which is good, but... Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know that um, Kevin Smith gave back all of the money he's made off of all of Weinstein's uh, stuff That's to, like, cool. different charities? Isn't that crazy? Jesus Christ. Because, I mean, his whole... The first half of his career was all Weinstein. So, he gave... Oh my God! How much money away? I mean, he gave all of his money away. I mean, I don't respect anybody enough to give all my money away. (laughs) Fuck you! I made this money. (laughs) That's fucking ridiculous. But it's also weird to me that he's got enough money to do that, right? What's Kevin Smith doing? That's like making money right now. I mean, he maybe is just one of those guys that has as a name his name. No, he's one of the, I think he's one of those guys that has his name attached to stuff you don't realize his name's attached to. Like Goodwill Hunting 2? So I don't know, but like there's probably so much shit out there that you have no idea that he's like some sort of producer on. Yeah, maybe. Because he has a name and people like him. Yeah. Except for Prince. Uh, he does he does he's been doing TV work. Yeah. He's been doing like he's he's directed like some of some of those. Dude, um, when you get in the right position, he directed Supergirl. He directed The Flash. He directed mm, DC Heroes of Tomorrow. When you get in the right position, you can make some fucking money in television, dude. Oh yeah, people make some dough. I mean, that's Jerry why Seinfeld's I, almost a billionaire. Yeah, right? Isn't that crazy? Larry David was almost a billionaire until he got divorced. He. Wow! Yeah, his net worth went from nine hundred million to four hundred and fifty million. Whoa! With the stroke of a gavel. Well, serious? I'm not fucking with you, man. Gee, I mean, that was all on Curb Your Enthusiasm, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Kinda. That was like I mean, his artistic outlet for right, it. Because I remember he gets divorced in that show. Yeah, and he is the, <laughs> he is the lawyer that he thinks is a Jew, but then he finds out he's not a Jew. <laughs> so he has a Swede, and he goes, "I got a Swede lawyer. I got a loan. She's gonna get everything." So then he hires the Jewish lawyer, and she gets everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because a Jewish lawyer comes out of the mediation and he's just like, she has a very compelling case. <laughs> she has a <laughs> She gets everything. God the other damn. lawyer had like a, the Swede lawyer had a great plan in place. Larry, you know, it was going to be very nice for Larry. Good for her. Yeah. The other lawyer comes in, phenomenal for her, horrible for Larry. Yeah. Good lord. <laughs> I need to go back and watch those episodes. Oh man, I That's love such a good show. Kirby Enthusiasm is like it's like Seinfeld on steroids. Yes. Because it's watch, on HBO, so you can do way more. And you can curse and you can just like <laughs> and like all the people just doing horrible things, like cheating on their wives and like, and like getting and not really like getting any 
th- anything bad happened to them. Yeah. Like, they're, like they're the worst still thing the protagonists. Happened, the worst like, thing that happened to Jeff when he was banging the real estate agent yeah. <laughs> was Susie was like, well, we're buying the fucking house, right? Jeff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he spends all this money on a house. Yeah, like three just so he can have a, he can have sex with a woman three times. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, Andrea doesn't. Andrea's not a fan. She says the show's too tense. It's too painful. I, when I when I was um, <clears throat> I don't know when when I was younger and an angrier man <laughs> than I am now, which an is angry young man. Uh, 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 I couldn't watch that show because he reminded me too much of myself. <laughs> what? No. Here's the thing about Larry David, specifically Larry David, and this does not this this is not you at all. Yeah. He's the sanest man in an insane world. You're just an insane piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's no. I'm joking. I'm no, joking. I know what you mean though. But no, he's the sanest man in an insane world because when he's just a, he's I'm Larry David and I'm going about my business and then here comes some fucking buttercup piece of shit. Yeah. that's offended by like his shoes. Yes, and he like. He's pointing out everybody's stupidity. Yes. And they can't fucking handle it. Well, he's also pretty bad. <laughs> well, he does you know, horrible things in that I, show. Yeah, he picks fights that he doesn't need to pick. Yeah, he fights with children. Yeah, the a kid lot. deserved it. You know, <laughs> I don't know. He's a funny guy. That woman was taking fucking too long at the ice cream counter. <laughs> Taking all those samples. Oh, vanilla! Oh! We're gonna go with gonna, vanilla! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Oh, we're going with vanilla! And then he gets up to the counter and he's like, eh, how's the vanilla? <laughs> god damn it, that's so funny. Oh my god, he's he's God. He's yeah. God incarnate. He's, uh... You know what's funny to me is that he has this, like, you know... Seinfeld is this famously... It's a show that takes place in New York. Mm-hmm. And I don't think... Larry David has lived in New York for longer than six months. Larry David's born and raised in Brooklyn. No way. Yes. No way. Born and raised in Brooklyn. He got out of here ASAP, though. No, he did not. He didn't get out of here until he got Seinfeld. Really? He lived in New York from, like, the late 50s until the early 90s. I can't imagine He is a lifelong New Yorker. I can't imagine him making it in this city without loot without getting murdered he <laughs> especially in the 80s well you do know that larry david on that show is a character kind of <laughs> kind of no that's what uh jerry said about him was that a lot of people make the have, you know have the misconception or make the mistake of thinking that larry david is the character of george costanza or the character from curb when really that's how he views himself but that's not really how he is. Sure. They said, like, well, yeah, those I mean, characters be, are Larry's insecurities. Well, yeah, you can't be, like, a, a near billionaire off of comedy if you're completely, like, like, I guess you're right. If you're, you can't, yeah. like, if you're completely socially inept. Yeah, like, you're you a social assassin. Like, you can't do that and work in showbiz. But no, man, he is born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. You ever seen pictures of him? He was coming up in the game with Jerry at Catch a Rising Star. You ever seen pictures of him back in the day? Oh, with his, with his stupid fro? hair, yeah. Oh my, he looked like a fucking clown. Yeah, he It was he did. amazing. It's just like, whoa. You left the house like that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, damn. (laughs) No wonder no one likes you. I wouldn't like you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Speaking of people... In New York. In uh, New York that aren't liked. Big news. uh, The New Yorker Festival did a fucking pathetic grab for attention by hiring Steve Bannon to headline... They're New Yorker Festival. So let's preface this for some people that listen to this show that I know don't read The New Yorker. Yeah. The New Yorker is the definition of elitist liberal snobbery. Okay. I mean, it is. Like, I like The New Yorker. I like parts of The New Yorker. I don't know that I honestly... Well, do you read it? I'm a subscriber. I read... I used to read it all the time when I worked at my last company when I worked at Verona's because yeah. we had it there all the time. Yeah. And it was like the, each copy would be like 50, 50 for me, 50% yeah. like this is great content and 50% like you motherfuckers are trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it's, I like it though. I like it for that reason. I don't really know that it's super liberal though. Parts of it are, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know. 
I read a lot of stuff that I don't there's know. a lot of there's a lot of New York culture that that I think people associate New York with liberalism, but then I think a lot of that. I think a lot of stuff gets ignored because of that. Mm. And then you have things like this happen no. where they hire white supremacists yeah. to come on. And then it's like, what? I thought you were liberals. Like, I thought you were on our on our team. Well, you know, I mean, you think about the base of people that are going to read The New Yorker and go to a New Yorker magazine festival. Yeah. Are not the base of people that want to go hear Steve fucking Bannon Yeah, even, even if it's like, apparently the Dave Remnick, the, the head editor of... Um, uh, for now, the head ed- editor at the New Yorker, he was gonna put his, you know, his feet to the coals, is what he says. Mm-hmm. He says it was gonna be this like really intense interview where he like put Bannon to task. But then it's just like, no, you can't, you can't publish these guys in, in legitimate publications. I mean, is the New Yorker elitist and liberal? Yeah, I think that's the stereotype of it. But it's also where J.D. Salinger got his start. Where T.S. Eliot poets, uh, public, uh, published poems. Like, it's it's like, it's a real, which is pretty elitist, I guess. But, but, yeah. uh, but like, it, it's a real, like... It, it's intellectual a, elitism. That's right. what I'll call it. It's yeah. intellectually elitist. And, and, and it's famous for, for, like, releasing groundbreaking people. Like, yeah. like, Ronan Farrow, I think Ronan Farrow is going to go down in history as one of the most effective reporters ever and he and it's and it was through his biggest piece that came out from the new yorker you know what honestly and i'm thinking about, about weinstein who i'm we thinking about this on. and I've, I've got a thought i'm gonna go with it and let's see if we can rein this in all yeah. right so you've got the most probably one of the most intellectually elitist magazines of all time bringing on steve bannon who on the surface, is a complete moron. But he's actually hyper-intelligent because he intellectually found a way to... Trick them. To trick all the anti-intellectuals. To get him on the air. So it might be one of the most intellectual things ever done. He also he also found an intellectual way to trick modern America into electing... Donald I don't know J. that Trump. it was in an intellectual way. I think it was in a guttural, <laughs> guttural, racist, like... Uh, well, he knew how to appeal to them. Uh, I think he, he played with people's emotions. Yeah. I think that he... Well, it's when you look at it, when you just break it down to the brass tacks of what he did, it's the one of the greatest con jobs, one of the greatest riffs, grifts in American history. Yeah. World history. I mean, maybe. he's like he's it's a failed, on a whole another level. His history is that he's essentially a failed screenwriter who then went out and started Breitbart News. Right, mm-hmm. that's his background, and um, and even to call him a failed screenwriter might be a little harsh. I mean, there are people that are screenwriters out there that I know that are working, but they've never had a single movie made. But you know, every well, you four sell, or five yeah, years, you sell a you script. sell a script for a half a million or a million bucks to some. Yeah, company. You, well, you get the you get the deal. It's like and then they three fifty. Yeah, three fifty for them to buy it. You get a million if they make it. Right, 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 right. And so you and I know people that like get by on that and, and yeah. like uh, and I don't consider them failures. So it's like the like he's a he was a screenwriter who then went into news. The new like he's he decided to become a newsman. Mm-hmm. He just he, he fancied himself a Murdoch. And uh, I don't know how much created of this shit is crazy, real. Like, like I don't he, know. he strikes crazy. me as he strikes me as a uh, L. Ron Hubbard type. Yeah, like he's, a fiction writer who was like, he, I yes, can corner the fucking that's it on the head. Yeah, I can corner the fucking market with these buffoons, and I can become a leader without the heat of being a leader. Yes, like like because I can always just go back to Breitbart mm-hmm. and like get my fucking salary from them and and be in the be in the be in the shadows back there and then every now and then reach out and sponsor someone like Donald Trump or 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 speak for someone like Donald Trump and mm-hmm. give them a platform and and shoot them out the power mm-hmm. get as much influence and and contacts as I can and then get onto the fucking headlining as the headlining speaker at the New Yorker festival it's insane it's you know it's super shit what's more fucked up about this it I, 
in my opinion, is isn't necessarily Steve Bannon. It's more to do with Dave Remnick because he hid the fact that he was gunning for Bannon from his staff, from the other people that he pitched the festival to. He, he and it wasn't announced until the day before, or no, the week before the tickets for the festival went on sale. So to me, this whole instance just reeks <laughs> of like a really pathetic attention grab, a really pathetic attempt to, to sell tickets because he knew there's no – I just have a really hard time believing that, uh, that, that Dave Remnick didn't know not to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like I just have a well, really hard maybe, time. Maybe he believing. had a grandiose vision in his head that he had to have known that, be, that but that he was, was just, not going to work out. He was just disconnected. Man, I think it's just a, I think just it's so an dis- instance of somebody being disconnected from reality. I think it's it's kind of like that Jordan Peterson guy who, who's just so like disc. He's a professor, you know. Who, you know. Who yeah, that we guy talked is. about him on the podcast. Like, like, it's like like he like he's just. I was watching something of his. The other day, and he was going off about. He's like, "Well, of course you could see the benefits of having a homogen, a racially homogenized society." And it's like, <laughs> "Dude, you can't say that." Open the bottom of the genetic gene pool, there, like, chief. Like, what are you like? Don't fucking say that. But the only reason why Jordan Peterson would say that is because he's just so fucking disconnected. And far away mm-hmm. from the real world. And that maybe that's what Remnick was doing. I don't know. But it, to me, it's like, it makes me wonder if Remnick has, you know, other motivations, ulterior motives. Um, yeah. Uh, makes me wonder if he doesn't necessarily disagree with Bannon. He may not disagree like, with him. Like, may, he may see something that he admires in Bannon because he, he's been able to take this whole... Because I didn't know what Breitbart News was until the year 2016. Yeah, you know I never I mean? heard I of it. I had never it heard was... of it. And then, I, I don't... I mean, and I didn't... It's not like I did any research for this show, so I don't know when it was founded. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but, like... But I assume that it had to have been, like, not that long ago. Like, within yeah. this decade, or the last. Yeah. Well, right? I mean, I can look it up right now. I mean, yeah, yeah. sure. But, I so, so it just made it, like, I, I've already chosen not to renew my sh- prescription. Subscription. Your prescription? My prescription. My prescription. My subscription. <laughs> my, uh... Subscription. Um, I've already, I had already, because I wasn't reading them fast enough, they just kind of pile up those fucking New Yorker oh, yeah. magazines. It's just like this. This is making me feel guilty. Two thousand seven. Okay, so it hasn't been around that long. No, just so a, just would, long enough to build a swell. I would see why, like maybe some. I don't know. In, in some mind experiment of my own, I could see how David Remnick would look at, at at Steve Bannon and be like, "Wow, you've kind of done what I wanted to do." I, like, like the way I look at it is, I think Dave Remnick was he a he's sitting at the top of this magazine, yeah. So he's disconnected to an extent from society, from everyone. He's disconnected from even his writers, right? So I, what I see and what I've read about this is that I think he had this grand idea. That it would be this massive, like, cultural news impactful moment uh-huh. where the, you know, the... The left stands up to the right. The left stands up to the right and holds them accountable in front of a crowd. But but really, nobody wanted to hear, nobody wanted to see or hear from this guy. And it also legit, because it legitimizes Bannon. Right. Is what it does. As a, it, as it a media him, figure. It makes him... That people say, well, you, you don't want to hear from the other side. It's like, no, I don't want to hear from that far right. from the other side. Like, it, because this, he is a dangerous, fascist, racist man. Yeah. And, and like... Yep. That's the end of that's fucking well, I mean, the story. And it, it brings up the question, I don't know. should Remnick resign? I should think he so. quit? I think, See, he, I'm I think torn, he should. I'm torn on that. Only be, the only reason why I say he absolutely needs to step down is because a he's going to be able to find a job somewhere else, right? And uh, it's not like he shouldn't be allowed to work, but I think that his time at the New Yorker is done because he apparently misled his talent. The writer, a lot of the writers, didn't know about the Bannon thing, 
Oh shit! His well, own yeah. writers, his own staff didn't yeah. know that it was a thing, and then and then like all these other celebrities who were going to be in the in the festival, they were all told like, "Hey, Mike Birbiglia is going to be there. Jack Antonoff's going to be there. Jimmy Fallon, like Patton Oswalt, like all these great guys are all going to be at the festival, and you'll all get to be around each other." And blah 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 bloody blue. <laughs> Steve Bannon's name was never mentioned once. Never. Because, I mean, because obviously what happened is what would have happened. Patton Oswalt would have been like, oh, I'm not going to, I don't, like, I can't fuck up my brand by being two <laughs> feet away from Steve Bannon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, and fuck your brand. Like, it's like, I don't want to be near that guy because I don't want to catch syphilis. Like, yeah, as a person and as a businessman, you can't be around this guy. No, you can't. Like, because he's just corrupt on every level. Yeah. Uh, so that's so, why I think he should resign is because he wasn't upfront about it from the beginning. He wasn't honest, and then his his statement afterwards was just really, it was it was weak sauce. He he released this like two page. It's uh, part of statement. The part of that me was that sort doesn't of an apology, but also wasn't an apology. The part of me that doesn't want him to resign is a part of me that's like kind of fed up with takedown culture. Yeah. Some people do need to be taken down. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes people just get fucking annihilated for little things. This, granted, is not a little thing when you look at the scope of media. Yeah. So it also speaks to a massive disconnect between him and his employees and his readership, which makes me think he's not the right guy for that job. Right. So, I mean, I would have to lean towards another person coming in to head up that, just to, that publication. Just, yeah, just for this one job. I mean, it's like, shit happens sometimes. You fuck up and yeah. lose your job. CEOs like, get ousted like, all the time because they launched a bad product. Right. It, like, it's not unheard of. Yeah. It's not like I don't want him to work ever again. I just think that, like, he needs to experience a real... He's too out of, he's out of touch for the position that he's in. And they should get him back in touch. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of over-the-top fat guys. Yes, Burt Kreischer. Burt Kreischer, who I have a man crush on Burt Kreischer. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> he's the best. He's so great. Uh, the, oh, my God. The fattest working comedian. The fat, he's not even that fucking fat. <laughs> the racist comedian. <laughs> he's not, just have he's to, not really a racist. And he's not that fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just love shitting on him because that's what his whole... That's how he got famous. Basically. That's <laughs> Burt Kreischer has a new uh, new special out on Netflix. It's called Secret Time. Yeah. And I thought it was outstanding. Me and Andrea were... We were he, howling. He had me howling with stories about his dad and his daughters. His daughters. His, oh. his littlest daughter calling him big, big guy. Big guy. <laughs> hey, big guy. What are you doing? <laughs> My favorite one was... Uh, Yo, so living in LA, there's a lot of really weird fucking uh, stuff. Yeah, and one of them is that this this his youngest daughter Isla's softball coach is is they're having softball practice uh-huh. without a ball. Yes, because yes. he doesn't want to introduce his, failure to his them yet. Still fucked up. So yeah, so his. He, there's, they're doing these. They're, he's knocking balls out into the field to practice fielding yes. with no actual with, ball. They're all pretending. So they're all pretending. So these girls are like whiffing triple plays and shit. <laughs> Isla's in center field and he hits it high and he says, Coming to you, Isla. Isla looks up, starts to run towards the fence. <laughs> And then throws her glove down and drops the ball. Yeah. The imaginary ball. <laughs> Isla so fucked funny. up an imaginary scenario. Yes. <laughs> to give a little background on Bert, he's a... Uh, he is... He's a weird guy. So, it's like, Bird's rise to fame started in 1997. Whenever an article at Rolling Stone was written about him as the number one party dude at the number one party school in all of America. Yeah. And eventually, Oliver Stone, Oliver Stone bought the rights to his life whenever he was like 22, 24 years old or something like that, <laughs> after that article came out. And then those rights to, to his life... Were eventually made into the movie Van- National Lampoon's Van Wilder, yep. starring Ryan Reynolds. Yep, uh, and he just—I mean—the stories are outstanding. Yeah, um, the two the two stories that he tells on stage from college, 
Most famously, The Machine. Yeah, yes. And underrated and under the radar is Flying Dildos, <laughs> the Amsterdam live sex show story. Yes, that's so out of control. I mean, it's just, the article is, the article's fantastic, and he's just like a good time and dude. Yeah, you know he's what a I cool mean? guy. He's a lot of fun, and he just, you know, in the article, they ask him, you know, what do you think you want to do with your life? He's like, I want to be a stand-up comedian, but like, how do you become a stand-up comedian? Uh-huh. So he just like moved to New York City. Yeah. And was like, there's comedy clubs there. That's so <laughs> wild to me. Yeah. Just with no leads. Yeah. Just like, I know that there are comedy clubs here. Yeah. I will go. He's a bigger dude. He likes to party. He likes to have a good time. He likes to eat. He's got a super cool wife who's yeah. super Southern. And super, like, tolerant of his bullshit. Yes. His wife is hilarious. Every now and then, he'll, like, say some fucked up shit that she says to him. <laughs> like, like one time, some they were talking about life insurance and he just goes, what would you do if I died? And then she just goes, I feel like I'd just be relieved. <laughs> <laughs> well, how she said it's probably, I feel like I'd probably just be relieved. <coughs> yeah. She's super Southern. She's yeah. on the Burt cast a lot. Yeah, she's pretty great. Leanne. 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 But this special is... It's I, so funny. Everybody, I highly suggest you listen. He you doesn't... watch Secret Time by Burt Kreischer. I, uh, I always kind of felt like back... I, I, I had split feelings about Burt for a long time because I didn't think he was as funny as the people that he hung around with, like uh, Ari Shafir and Tom Segura and Christina Pajiski and, and that whole crowd. And, like, Joe, I don't think Joe Rogan's that funny either. But, um, yeah, but like... He's uh, a media guy. Um, but but uh, he was always around them, so I, 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 to- I like, I don't want to say I tolerated him, but I always watched whenever he was on just because... They shat on him, and he was funny. Yeah. And I, one of the reasons why I was always kind of on the fence about him was that he really leaned on his stories. Like, for years, all he would do was tell the machine story. Well, that was all you'd see. That was the most shared thing. But also, it like... It was, like, viewed 86 million times. Because he'll tell you that every time <laughs> it's, it's fucking brought up. But, like... Uh, but he also, like, relied on it pretty heavily. I mean, like, like he's... It's been in specials, it's been in podcasts, it's been in everything that he's done for years. And I was worried that he was going to fucking tell it in his Netflix special again. And he didn't. It was all completely new material. Yeah. And it was all really funny. He, yeah, he has a... God uh, damn it, the stuff, the way, way he describes messing with his dad when he was a kid, <laughs> like, he had the glass of milk yeah. in bed, yeah. and his dad pours in the milk, and he just goes, oh, and moves the milk out of the way, <laughs> or the cup out of the way of the milk. And his dad goes, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> There's milk all over the bed. <laughs> oh, my God. Or when he talks about his dad shitting his pants in Banana Republic. <laughs> I'm going to shit my pants. <laughs> What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> and my mom, and he's like, and my mom just comes up and says, a pair of 3830s, get them, let's go. That's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, I have developed, <clears throat> his, his um, online cooking show, Something's Burning. Something's Burning is really funny. Fantastic. Um, there's an episode of Something Burning where he makes uh, Korean barbecue nachos with Tom Segura and Bill Burr. Yes. That's fantastic. That was the first one. That was the first one? Yeah, that That's... was the one that he didn't know that he had a cooking show. Oh, that shit's great. Yeah. And then the one where they do it in Burt's backyard with yes. Ari Shafir yes. and... Uh, Steve Renazin. I suddenly can't don't know how to say his name. Guy's last name. The guy that lied about being in 9-11. That guy. I, I, yeah, yeah, that happened. Steve... I completely forgot about that. Yeah, he, he's still a good guy. He's also on the league. He's, he's funny. He's, he's funny. Yeah, funny. he's funny. Um, that episode's fantastic. Yeah. Ari just keeps throwing shit and and you know in Leanne hates Ari. I could see that. Hates Ari. Ari's not a very lovable character. <laughs> like, like Ari's like, kind of a dick. Like to the point. Like they shot that in their backyard because she didn't want him in their house. No, oh my God, really? Yes, it's that bad. Yes. Holy shit. Like, I'm she. Joking around about Ari being a dickhead. I hate <laughs> him. Ari's an asshole. I feel like if I ran into Ari, I would fucking hate him. <laughs> too. I don't know. Like, I don't like, know. I feel like he's. He's been doing this thing to Bert where he, online where he says Bert Kreischer promised the Children's Hospital of LA a $10,000 
donation if he completed the marathon and he refuses and he went back on this promise. Now we have to raise $10,000 because Bert won't do it. And he won't. He never prefaces this with, this is a joke. See, that's the kind of thing that out of context can really fuck somebody's career up. Right. Right. Okay, that's fucked up. Right. (laughs) And I think that was just like one of the last straws with his wife. Like, just being like... And also Ari openly talks about how much he hates all of his friends' kids. Yeah. Oh, he hates them. He hates kids. He's just like, why do you have your fucking kids around? It's like... Well, because they are around. <laughs> yeah. What do you want from me? Like, what do you, I Ari, have children. <laughs> Ari, the difference between Ari and Bert, I think is something that is super prevalent in the world of stand-up comedy and comedic actors, writers, what have you. There's two types of stand-up comedians. Yeah. There's the stand-up comedians who are really great joke writers mm-hmm. that, as people, aren't the greatest. No, yeah. <laughs> But then there's people that I think Bert and to an extent Tommy yeah. falls into this category of they're actually just genuinely funny people. Yeah, yeah. Like they like just their presence. Their is presence funny. is like funny. They can look at you in a way and it's like <laughs> There's times like in watching your mom's house on YouTube, yeah. there's times where like Christina will be saying something and Tommy will just like kind of glance at the camera with this shit eaten grin. And it's and, and it's I die. Like you have to just pause it because you're laughing so hard. Or like Bert in these cooking <laughs> will make a face that's like the most hyper concerned face <laughs> and it's hysterical. He's like pouring sweat and he <laughs> yes. keeps like wiping his face, his face, face with and his it hands, goes back to kneading the dough. <laughs> and they're like, wash your hands! And he's like, that's fine. <laughs> it's so funny. He's like rubbing his nose yeah. and doing noodles. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Chopping habaneros. And he's like, it's going in the oven! It's gonna be fine! <laughs> Everything's gonna be cooked out of it, which is not wrong. It's, I mean, he's, he's true. It's not wrong, like, but he, it's also at the same time. He told like, Michael Rapp, Michael Rappaport was getting on him, yeah. and evil Rappaport. He's like, "You think every chef that's ever touched your food washed their hands right before they touched it?" And Rappaport goes, "No, you're right." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Rappaport, and, I can, and I can tell you, they don't. <laughs> Rappaport, a man that is rarely shut down, just yeah. accepted it. Was like, "Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm totally. That's true. why I respect Michael Rappaport because when he shut down, he'll hey, you got me." <laughs> sort of. Sort of. I'm kidding. Not, not really. He's kind that of an whole, obnoxious, crazy that, person. Like that whole Barcel thing was ridiculous. Yes. That was so funny. I love that Portnoy just like read all that shit in bed <laughs> and then decided, I'm going live right now. Yeah. Laying in his <laughs> bed. All he's like, Rappaport, you're fired. You're fired. You can't talk. You, like, you, can't, you can't talk shit about the stoolies like, and like, work for Barcel. They literally pay for your bills. Yeah. Like they, like, they pay for your life. And you I, can't. You can't talk about our fans. I like Barstool a lot. Uh, I don't like everything about it, obviously, yeah. because something that's as sprawling as BarstoolSports.com, you're not going to like everything about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think overall, it's fine. I'm, overall, it's fun. I'm a big fan of Barstool. I'm a big fan of Dave. Yeah, he's oh, he's he's Whatever. Dave. He's, he's Portnoy. He's a, he's a good host. He built a hell of a fucking company. Yeah, he's a mogul. He's a mogul, and they they put out some good shit. You yeah, know? they put out some good stuff. So anyway, I'm a huge fan of. I don't know. Do you know Pat McAfee? No. Oh, dude. Pat McAfee's the shit. Yeah. Pat McAfee is considered to be one of the best punters in the history of the NFL. Uh-huh. Played for the Indianapolis Colts for eight years. It's an odd and he's legacy. Just, he's a dude. He's like he's like Bert in the sense that like if he opens his mouth, it's going to be funny. Yeah. And he has a great perspective on sports. So Barstool distributes, he works for Barstool now, I guess, and they distribute his podcast, which they do an episode every day, so it's more like a radio show, but it's a podcast, so he can say whatever the fuck he wants to say, Yeah, and he's not afraid to say whatever the fuck he wants <laughs> to say, and he's got, he does it with like two or three friends, they do it in Indianapolis, and he also now hosts uh, pre-shows on the WWE Network, he's a big wrestling fan too, but this guy is hysterical. Yeah. Every everything he says is fucking funny. That's funny. So serious. Check out Pat McAfee, um, his the Pat McAfee show every day of the week. Yeah, on iTunes, on the Apple Store. Every day. Every day. He podcasts. Oh no, five, every no, day. Five days a week. My bad. That's five still days a week. that's still a lot of podcasts. That's a lot of podcasts. Well, they do it like a radio show. That's cool. Like they sit down in a studio and they riff for two hours. That's dope. His takes on HBO's Hard Knocks training camp with the Cleveland Browns have been. 
Gold. Pretty great. Pretty fucking great. Gold. Anyway, check out Burt Kreischer's Secret Time. And now that we're talking about sports, this is a good time to transition into the next section. The NFL is coming back. How are we looking this year? We're Cowboys fans. We're going to be covering it throughout the season. I am not sure. I think I think we're at a developmental stage. I think about four weeks ago on this podcast, I was talking about year we go, baby. It's not going to happen. I this predicted year. eleven and five this year. I still think that's attainable. Yeah, but we've got some issues, and that stems around offense. Yeah, man. Obviously, um, because uh, Steve Linehan's an asshat. Yeah, our offensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't think that he is mentally capable of designing an offense that best suits Dak Prescott. He's super uh-huh. capable of doing one that best suits Zeke Elliott, uh-huh. but you can't give Zeke Elliott the ball 400 times this year. Right. You'll fucking kill the poor right. man. Right. I don't give a fuck how hard body and how hard he trains. You carry the ball 400 times in a year, you're not going to play much longer yeah. in the NFL. Uh-huh. It's a fucking tough place to yeah, do business. I mean, yeah, you're just going to get So murder. they're not going to be able to take the support. I just don't, I haven't <gasps> seen in everything I've watched from the scrimmages, from the blue white scrimmage to the fucking the four preseason games. I don't know if they're if their receivers know how to run routes that are further than 5 yards. So it's not looking good. I, I don't know. I think it can end up being good, but I think the beginning of the season is going to be fucking rough. Yeah. I think it's gonna When's be, the first game? Uh, Sunday. What time? Uh, I don't remember. 4.30. 4.30 Eastern time. Sunday. Awesome. And I don't remember who we're playing. <laughs> we usually play the Giants first, don't we? Normally. Nor- I mean, all, almost fucking always. Yeah. It's a big ticket game. Yeah. It doesn't matter. If both teams went 0-16 the year before, you could put the Giants and Cowboys on Sunday night, Monday night football, and it'll pop a huge rating. Right, right. Because it's Cowboys and Giants. Right. You could do that with the Redskins and Cowboys. You could, Anybody in the division. Cowboys, Redskins, Eagles. Yeah. You put them on a, on a primetime night game, you're going to pop the shit out of your ratings. I remember uh, the week that I moved to New York was when I realized that they always play the New York Giants first. Yeah. They always play them early on. Mm-hmm. And they always save the Eagles for late in the season. Yep. Put us on the road in New York. We So three division teams, all of them in the Northeast, we're always going to play two of them on the road in December. Always. Because the NFL hates Jerry Jones. Yeah. The NFL fucking Which makes despises sense. Jerry. A lot of well, people yeah. hate Jerry. You know, we've covered this on the podcast before. Jerry's... An independently wealthy businessman. He's a piece of shit. He was a billionaire before the Cowboys. And uh, off a- of off of ecstasy sales, I want to I want to point out. You not heard about this? I mean, all these clothes, so- all those clubs that he owned in Dallas. Well, the, he, no, he, he got that's he got not how he made his, his first money. money. His first money was oil. Yeah, in Arkansas. Then he went and he bought all these clubs in Dallas. Made a shitload of money there. Mm-hmm. You know what else? You know what else popped up in Dallas at his clubs for the first time ever in all of the United States? A little drug, a little pill called ecstasy that you could go buy with your Bud Light. One thing I'm not looking to do on this podcast is shame drug dealers. No. Because I think they provide a good service for this country. <laughs> <laughs> a much needed service. A much needed service. I just think it's crazy that like he uh I just think it's crazy how like blatant it was back then. It also wasn't illegal back then, so like, yeah. So he didn't so, do anything wrong. So he didn't do like technically he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So but, get off the man's he, nuts. But then he went and bought the Cowboys <laughs> with that second like like you know that second nut that he made in the club scene in Dallas, that Jack Ruby nut. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I'm gonna quote um, every local Cowboys fan. And say you're just a hater, man. Yeah, you're just a hater. You're just a hater. A little bit. Cowboys going sixteen to zero, fam. I appreciate <laughs> what what Jerry Jones is. Yeah, and I and I like, and I and I and I like that he doesn't need a winning team to completely to just keep making money. <laughs> He's built that brand. Like that man. brand is just like. Solid as a rock. The blue star yeah. in a field of silver. It's so recognizable. Everyone immediately knows what it is. 
all over the country, mm-hmm. all over the world, really. It's the most recognizable thing in the world. Yeah. The only thing that's on the same level as it is the New York Yankees logo. Yeah. The NY. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and that's all Jerry, baby. Yeah, because, well, you know, the Cowboys brand. They were good before then. Well, the like, Cowboys brand was really built in the 1970s under general manager Tex Schramm when he did two things. That took the Cowboys moniker and all that to another level. Because, hey, the Cowboys were amazing back yeah, then. Yeah, right, right. The Under Tom Landry, they went to the playoffs like 22 consecutive yes, years. Yes, And won something like 17 division titles. Jesus went Christ. To, under him, they went to five or six Super Bowls and won two. Yeah. They ran up against that Steeler fucking steel curtain machine back in the 70s. Either way, Tech Schramm. Pittsburgh! Who fuck Pittsburgh? <laughs> Textram did two things. A, the moniker America's Team. Yes. He said there's nothing more American than, than a cowboy. <laughs> and the second was when they built Texas Stadium, they, you know, the hole in the roof. And they said, why is there a hole in the roof? And Textram said, so God can watch his favorite team. He wove the Dallas Cowboys brand into the fabric of America. Not just from representing America, he also, he dug into people's Christianity, yeah. saying, well, you know this is your God's favorite yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. So you don't have to go to church, you can just watch the game, Yeah, because that's what God's watching. And for years, it was America's team with the star under the hole in the roof so God could watch their his favorite team or the fedora so the fedora Tom Landry on the sidelines yes. like just Dallas fucking Cowboys Ugh. I love it, it makes me proud to be from Dallas I fucking love the Cowboys Ugh. man Anyway, so that's cool. It's coming back. NFL's and we'll back s- baby. And I really can't give you a definitive answer. My hope less of a prediction and more of a hope um, We're gonna go to the playoffs. I think we go to the playoffs. I think this year, I think this year is either ten and six or eleven and five. Make the playoffs. I could see us winning a, divi- a, a, a wild card round, first round. Yeah, but not the division round. I don't think we get to the championship, the NFC championship this year. I think either twenty nineteen or twenty twenty are the year. Those two, one of those two years, is when we have to make the run. Yeah, we have three more years. With the nucleus of this team before Sean Lee is too old, if Dak gets exposed, if Zeke starts to wear down, the O-line starts to oh, wear down. Oh, I just remembered we're not going to have Jason Witten this year. Yeah. No. Ah. Witten's gone, man. Witten's gone. Ugh. Now Sean Lee is the de facto leader of the team, which is great. I mean, Sean yeah, Lee's sure. great. Oh, but like, I... man, Jason Witten, such a huge part of my life. Yeah, huge. Huge part. 15 years, half my life. Right. Half my life, he's Jason been, Witten was like Mr. On, Cowboy. Yeah. Even more so than Tony Romo, because Tony Romo opinions were split down the middle among all football fans. Yeah. But with Jason Witten, yeah, nobody, even like Giants and Eagles fans were like, oh, oh yeah, Jason Witten's the fucking man. He's the man. Like, <laughs> they like, I love talking to Giants fans about Jason Witten because they're like, oh yeah, he's the fucking man. And I don't know how he does it. He's slow as dirt and he's always open <laughs> and it's true yeah he ran like it's like if you looked at him running downfield you're like oh man that guy runs a 22 second 40 yard dash but he was just always open yeah always fucking amazing <laughs> love you jason have fun in retirement but damn you yeah damn you for leaving my boys damn you Damn, 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 dirty Witten. <laughs> so speaking of the speaking NFL. Of flashy shit. Flashy shit. Matt and I got into an argument this week about Las Vegas. We got into an argument. I say that I have no reason to go to Las Vegas. And why do you say you have no because reason to Because I am not a gambler. I get no rush from gambling. I don't think it's fun at all. <laughs> I, I always lose. And I'm trying to explain to him, as somebody that has been to Vegas multiple times... I've also never been, so... Yeah, but, right? But, but... So speaking out of ignorance a little bit, but also... <laughs> I, but I... You, you posit that you can go to Vegas and not gamble. Yes, 150,000%. That's... You can go to Vegas and absurd. not gamble. Absurd. So, as the person that's who's actually... Absurd. So, as the person in this conversation that's actually been to Las Vegas... <laughs> Gambling, I, I, I cede to you, sir. 
I cede to you, sir. Let me get my thought out. I cede to you, sir, that yes, Las Vegas, Nevada, the foundation and the building blocks of Las Vegas, Nevada is the gambling industry. Mm -hmm. It's what still keeps the lights on. Yes. But when Las Vegas, Nevada was in its worst financial period in the 80s, they said, we got to add some more shit to this because we don't. it's not just always going to be the same old people coming back to gamble. So they added a <laughs> lot to the experience. I know you're not in for the shows, but the shows are one aspect of... I live in of New York City. One Why would so I go to a show Would you Las let me Vegas? finish my thought? All right. Okay. There are three components, three key components to making Las Vegas, Nevada the desirable vacation destination that it is. One is gambling. That's one third. One third of a city. Two, the entertainment that goes on there. And that's not just shows. What else? That's also some of the best parties and bars that you'll ever step into in your fucking life. Some of the world's greatest parties. Some of the most fun, booze-filled fun you're ever going to have. <laughs> third, the restaurants. Restaurants yeah. in Las Vegas it used to be Las Vegas was the home of the two ninety nine all you can eat buffet. Right now That's it's what home I remember for. of the sixty dollar all you can eat gourmet five star buffet, and the just some of the best steakhouse steakhouses in the world. Some of the best Italian restaurants in the world. Chefs come from all over the world. You are not a star chef if you do not have a Michelin rated restaurant in Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, I still think that I I, Dude, I you're still a, don't. I'm not you're, convinced. You're a party animal that's saying you don't want to go to Las because Vegas because I can go anywhere else to party. But Las Vegas takes it to a whole nother I level. I can go it's anywhere shit else. You've never experienced in your life. I can go across the fucking Williamsburg Bridge if I want to party. Dude, no, it's it's different. I can go. It's different. What's another good party city? Fucking L.A. I don't know. LA is not a great party. No, you're right. That was a bad example. Las Vegas is a. It's a different dude. It's so different. I just feel because like it's middle not, of nowhere. There's no nature to go out into. There's, there's the desert. There's mountains. The desert. Mount. The fucking desert is your is your desert mountains is the nature. That's the landscape of the area. Ugh. Oh my god. That's like that's just sand. So. Remember there's back no bodies of water. Remember there's back no when you greenery berated me for thinking I knew anything about the service industry. <laughs> I've been bit. to Vegas. You haven't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm the experienced one here. I'm just, telling you, dude. But you're. But you go, thing, you here, go there to party. Here's the thing: is you say because that it's a place where any whim, desire let me get my that you have out. can be answered on a phone call. Let me get my point out. Okay. You say that gambling's only one-third. One-third. One-third is a huge percentage. That's the difference between an A and a B and a C. One-third is huge. Like, that's that's so much of your time. So much of your activity. You know One-third. In all of my Las Vegas trips combined, do you know how much money I've spent gambling? I think you told me, like, 300 bucks. $350. That's... I and I see. I love don't want to do Vegas. that. I don't want to like set three hundred and fifty dollars on fire. You don't have to do that. You don't have to gamble. Here's what you do in the casino: you go and you sit at a slot machine. You put a dollar. That's in. the idiot machine. Listen to me. <laughs> it's like it's all a ploy. Did it come out? Do I get the sevens? Would you listen to me? It's all a ploy to get the alcohol, stupid. Okay? I don't It's all don't a ploy know. to get the alcohol. But they don't so give free shit to, to, to little spenders. Yeah, they do. If you're sitting at a machine, you put a dollar in the you put a dollar in the thing. How long the you The waitress sit there? comes five minutes. No. The way. waitress uh, no, you're telling the guy I don't believe who it. does it. I just have a hard time believing you it. You sit at the machine, you put a dollar in, she comes by. What liquor what do you want? I want whatever you want. They come, they give it to you, you get up and you leave, and you just paid a dollar for a top-shelf fucking whiskey. That's insane. That's life in Las how Vegas. Do they, how do they afford to do that? Did you forget about the people that are dropping their fucking home mortgage on gambling? Yeah, I get Did that. you forget about the people that are paying these ins that are paying for these party experiences? Because here's the thing about the Las Vegas party experience. You can just go and have a great time, or you can go and spend a shitload of money and have the best time of your life. 
<laughs> I'm not convinced. I wasn't expecting to convince you because you're like being belligerent. No, I'm not. You're being this. belligerent. No, I'm not. You because you won't listen to the guy who's been there. Because it's because it just doesn't make any sense. One one third. No, no big deal. It's just one third of your time you should be gambling. No, not one third of your time you should be gambling. I'm one saying third it's, of the whole it's experience. One third of the entire offering. So That's if you're there for four days. And you spend four days on the other, on the second and third third. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like eventually you're going to get tired of hanging out by the pool. Eventually you're going to be too hungover to get wasted again. That's why you pay for them to come and give you an IV to beat your hangover. Every hotel <laughs> offers it in Las Vegas, no. Nevada. What are, yeah. What's in the IV? I don't know. But it kills, it kills your hangover. You're ready to go. How much does that cost? Did 100 bucks. Did you do it? I didn't, but my friends Philip and Kate do it every single day when they're in Vegas. Oh my god, that's so insane. I'm telling you, dude, it's not what you think it is. and these It's not what it advertises itself as? It's not what you think it is. You look at it and you immediately get a negative connotation. Yeah. But it's actually... Well, it's not negative, it's just like, oh, that's not what I It's one of the most fun trips you would ever go on with the dudes. Maybe. Like, you would fucking love it. Maybe. In fact... As my best friend, you are absolutely 110% required to do whatever I want for my bachelor party. Oh, yeah. And we're going to Vegas, oh, baby. Shit. Vegas. <laughs> and I'm going to prove you wrong, you sack of shit. Fine. I'll let you. Well, that's fine. Maybe. <laughs> Speaking of proving people wrong, don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. Here we are. Don't. Fucking at, at, at me, me bro. bro, Rain Wilson, you motherfucker. You blocked me on Twitter years ago, and I have no idea why. But here's, I'm going to give you a reason right now. The fucking Meg sucks, and you know it sucks. You're no Elon Musk. You're a fucking poor man's Jim Halpert. You, you will always be second. You will always be the assistant to the assistant. You will always be the supporting man. And it's weird that you're of the Baha'i faith. Yeah, that's right. I'm calling it out. I've only known other one other person of the Baha'i faith, and they were a piece of shit too. Um, you know what? I know who you're talking about. Too. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm not going to put them on blast right now, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> All religions are equal. Okay, you're playing sure. the thought. Anyway, <laughs> you're playing the idea. You fuck, like fuck you, Rain Wilson. I have no idea what I did to piss you off, but now. I don't care anymore. This is the beginning of a war. This is, we're going to bring, we're going to, you know, not do anything. This isn't a threat. Don't worry. <laughs> but, 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 don't send the attorneys. But, yeah. But, but fuck you, dude. Unblock Matt Butterfield. Unblock me. What the hell could I have possibly said? We're following him with the podcast. Twitter. Dude, yes. Let's... And we're going to do it right fucking oh, now. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even think of that. <laughs> What the fuck? Oh, so many people that have blocked me over the years. Oh, oh we're about to get baby. reminded that I exist. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But what could I have possibly done? What'd the only say? thing that I think that I might have, might have, maybe would have tweeted about is that show that he had a pilot of on Fox where he played a, uh, uh, like a drunken detective. Oh god, that sounds terrible. It was bad. And I remember I remember thinking a Rain Wilson doesn't drink, so he doesn't know how to put how to uh, be drunk. How to be a, like a drunkard. And the way this guy was drinking was yeah. just like it was like, dude, if this guy was doing my my thought was if this guy is as old as he is and is drinking the way that he drinks for as long as he has been drinking, a he would not be a detective in a police department. No, no, no. He would not. No, he, he would not. And B, like, he would most likely be dead. Yeah. Like, he was doing shit like he was, he would get, like, fire, a shot of fireball, a cheap beer pint, crack an egg, put it in the beer, and then drop the fireball into that, and then shoot it and be like, yeah, that really cures the hangover. Yeah, man, that's called a Sailor Moon. That's disgusting. 
You've never had a Sailor you Moon? You know the name of that? Yeah, I used to drink it all the time. You did not used to drink yeah, it all the time. Yeah, I made all this up. Okay. <laughs> I was sitting here... A Sailor Moon! <laughs> I was sitting here in my head like, what the fuck can I call this drink? The first thing that popped into my head girl. was Sailor Moon. <laughs> a little girl in a, in a, with magical powers in a school. Oh, oh my God. God. So don't at me, Rain Wilson. Love it. Don't at me, bro. Don't at me, bro. You're up. I know. I'm just, I'm getting ready. (laughs) Who? Eighth graders. Absolutely. You soulless pricks. (laughs) You little bastards thinking you know better than the adults that are trying to teach you. Thinking you're so cool with your Snapchats Uh and your sexual harassment. Yes. And your casual racism. Casual racism (laughs) and your your morbid (laughs) obsession with making fun of people. (laughs) In their their most sensitive. In their most. That's what I'm sensitive about. (laughs) Oh, youths. Fuck your mustache. Youths. When I see a group of youths walking down the street in New York City, I go to the other side of the road. Doesn't your skin just start to crawl? I want when to you see a school get out. You're just like, oh, it's like it's like it's like that John Mulaney bit where like a hitman hitman is in slow motion. Yeah. <laughs> like, Boy, it's think about you know when you were when you were in eighth grade. Yeah. Uh, and what you, a piece of shit you were. Well, I mean, I was the one being made fun of a lot of the time. But anyway, I bet that you were making fun of people. I'm not plenty. as much as you'd think. I, I don't know. I grew up. My my friends in eighth grade. We none of us ever gave anybody a, a like a break. Well, you're a mean person. Nobody ever got a break. Anyway, back to the down yeah. at me, bro. Eighth graders. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Keep oh shitting on God. these children. They're fucking. You have no. You don't have a soul yet. You don't have a conscience yet. <laughs> yet. You are allowed to be in public. <laughs> you are not locked up in cages. Full of hormones. Full of hormones. That you don't know how to handle. <laughs> so just sexual harassment <laughs> up the ass. Just like hashtag send nudes. Nobody is Dude. telling you, just get that shit out of your fucking <laughs> brain first thing just in the morning. Nobody ha- says that like, to you. Don't send hashtag send nudes. Later on in life, you go to jail for that. Yes, yes. Just get all of this. Don't do it. Don't do it, you fucking weirdo little munchkin bastards in your fucking cargo shorts and your boat shoes with socks. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, boat oh, shoes with socks. Oh, K-pop socks. Oh, Jesus Christ. Eighth graders, don't fucking at me. They, don't, they also aren't uh, liberal enough with deodorant. Oh, no, they're not. They haven't learned yet that their pits smell like yeah, complete Yeah, they don't shit. know that, like... Like, oh, I have to shower after I work out? It's like, yeah. Yeah, you, you do, you nasty you fuck. Garlic scented fool. Stop going to the spaghetti warehouse and eating <laughs> eat close to garlic. Spaghetti warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. what I used to do. Oh. <laughs> I was in the eating, like, fucking cloves of garlic. That was like the finest dining, was going to Macaroni Grill. Oh, God. Or the spaghetti warehouse. Oh, my God. And I would Our... get, like, the make your own pasta, and I would just get cloves of garlic <laughs> and eat them. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, my, my mom was just like, you have to stop <laughs> you doing smell that. Like shit. You smell so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you smell like an offensive and lineman I was like, after no, I don't. I don't smell bad. It tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> if it tastes good, it's good for me. <laughs> yeah, mom. <right. laughs> anyway, oh man, that was cathartic. No, Fuck you, good. eighth graders. <laughs> I think one of my one of my cousin's kids. Has to be in the eighth grade right yeah, now. Sure. So I hope they listen to this and they're like, "Oh my god, your cousin hates you." <laughs> <laughs> Not until they're, you know, once they're a little older, I won't hate them anymore. Eighth Just graders, give it some time. eighth graders rule the internet now too. Their memes are a. Offensive, dude. I'm not one to complain about offensive things, but these eighth graders are ruthless pieces of shit now. Some of the meme game is just like out of control. Out? Oh my god! Like it's like I don't know. I'm in some meme groups on Facebook, and every now and then I see shit that's just like, Oof. why would you post this? Like, yeah. why would you put like? You realize I can see your face. Next to this post, <laughs> yeah, right? and you put this, and up. your name is listed right above it. I like to be in those groups just to watch. Yeah, I'm the I'm the Michael Jackson with the popcorn. Every and now and the then, gift. I'll dip my toe in and like say some, like do some shit posting and like <laughs> make fun of them. And it's fun to watch them. Oh yeah, freak the fuck when out. Watch them squirm. One of the one of the uh, biggest. I got into like a stupid like shit posting scuffle. Two days ago, oh god, with with this stranger on the internet because because of that poor dude that works at Trader Joe's that was on the Cosby Show. 
Oh, fuck, I don't know about this. Have you not heard about this? No. You heard about this? You I, haven't this? Heard, I haven't heard about this. I haven't seen this. Well, so, uh, I forget the name of the actor. You can look it up. But he was he works at Trader Joe's. And uh, he was on the Cosby show. And he was just like... And someone on Fox News decided to make fun of him. For, you know, not uh, being a working actor. Okay. And they post a picture of him online. Which then... Which is bad. That's bad. Yeah. Uh, but then it turned into a million think pieces written about how noble it is that this guy has a job. And I, and my comment, my my comment is what if what if guys, what if we just stopped talking about this poor dude? Yeah, leave like, him the fuck like, alone. Leave him like 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 stamp out the fire that the initial thing was and hit that reporter on the nose what for being he? an asshole about like making fun of him for being a, a baggage pack packer essentially. Yeah. But then and, but then stop. What was he on? He was on the Cosby Show. Oh, okay. And now he works at Trader Joe's. Now he works at Trader Joe's. Because he's a, a living person who yeah. has to pay bills. Yeah, he has to pay bills and he wants to... Which, it's not it, It's it's not noble to have a job. No. Let's just talk about that. No, when you were on one thing... Right. ...in the fucking 80s... Right, right. And who knows... I mean, and who knows what his situation is. He might have some money stashed away, but he just wants to work because mm-hmm. he wants to keep that money stashed away. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, why he, I work at the restaurant. Like, like, <laughs> like, he, like he, he, you know, you know, people work. It's yeah. not noble. Like, it's just what people it's just do. It's a job. Some people, so, some people, like, Leave them alone. retired people who have pensions get part-time jobs to pass the time. Right. And then, but then, like, the response to me just saying, like, what if we stopped writing think pieces about this poor dude was... Did you even read the article? <laughs> yeah, I did. And I still think it's a waste of space, Ugh. even on the internet. Anyway, don't have me for my part fav- two. I don't have a, my favorite thing to do is go into the Star Wars uh, shit posting groups yeah, that got and, just, and post. Oh, it did? I didn't know that. The Sith posting got to Okay. Now, now it's Star Wars Sith posting A New Hope. Okay. I like to go into those and just put up st- basic stuff like, you know, Han shot second. Yeah. You yes. <laughs> yes. Or I'm really looking forward to the next Star Wars movie. Yeah. <laughs> or like I don't hate Star Wars. In <laughs> Ro- the Star Wars fan club group. Rose Rose Tico had a really interesting character arc. <laughs> and she did a great job. And she was a great they, actress. They wrote written that very so well. well. I think that Hayden Christensen is the penultimate performance in the history of Star Wars. <laughs> that just got my hackles up. <laughs> That's blood red. No, <laughs> he's not. I, I killed him. I feel bad I for that them guy. All. I feel bad for that guy because he just had was handed such a garbage garbage script. role. Yeah, and like like like. Oh God, we're doing God. Star Wars again. We need anyway, to calm down on yeah. that. I, I am. I intentionally left wrestling out of this episode to give everybody a break. Yeah. <laughs> Even though a huge wrestling thing happened this week, I'll talk about it later. All right. So anyway, I'm. You can follow me, Matt Beery, on Twitter at Matt Beery zero six on Instagram at <laughs> Matt Beery zero six. I'm also on Facebook, Matt Beery. Uh, you can follow me at on Twitter at Twitterfield or on Instagram at Matters. Uh, email the podcast. You know what? Fuck questions. Give us feedback. Tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're right. Email us at the Matt at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us or really me on Twitter, the podcast, uh, at Matt on Matt Pod. Uh, you can... And you can also like and follow our Facebook page, which I moderate. Yes. Uh, Matt on, the Matt on Matt podcast on Facebook. Uh, please do that. Come check we are us two, out. We are two likes away from 200. Like our shit. Let's get this shit going. Let's get... We, Daddy needs to make some ad revenue. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Yes. Don't forget to rate us in the iTunes store. Yes. We big, get, big we, time. We gotta get that presence going right now. Yes. But until then, I'm Matt. I'm Matt. That's what matters to us. Adios, fuckers.